Thank you very much. I hope you had a great Christmas, and it's lovely to see you here today. Apologies for the lack of heating in the place. We've got some kind of intermittent fault, I gather. Um, so I hope you're not too cold. And I hope that I don't have too much hot air this morning as well, just, just enough to get you a little warmed up. Um, so I'm going to be reading from the first five verses of Psalm 103, and then I'm going to make two small points from it. So Psalm 103, verse 1 to 5. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I was in uh, central London Uh, before Christmas and I met some Nepali friends there for one of them it was their first visit to the UK I took them to Trafalgar Square and into the National Gallery I don't think that I'd I'd ever been to Trafalgar Square ever before uh, around Christmas time and in the center of the square you may well know this already there's a large beautiful Norway spruce tree and is decorated with 500 white lights. It's a gift from the people of Oslo in Norway. The tree is cut in Norway, so I gather sometime in November during a ceremony attended by the British ambassador to Norway, the mayor of Oslo and the Lord Mayor of Westminster. At the base of the tree, there's a plaque, and written on the plaque, it says, This tree is given by the city of Oslo as a token of Norwegian gratitude to the people of London for their assistance during the years 1940 to 1945, i.e. during the Second World War. And the tree's been given every year since 1947, so for over 70 years. And when I saw the tree, it made me think again of the importance of remembering with gratitude something valuable that had been done in the past. And it made me ask myself the question, do I remember with gratitude all the good things the Lord has done for me? So today, I want all of us to remember with gratitude what the Lord has done for us. And not to take it for granted, as if somehow we'd earned it through our own effort alone. Now, it would be wonderful if in our own lives, all we remembered were the good things that happened. But life isn't like that, is it? Uh, There are probably things that have happened that you would rather forget. And I used to hear in the early days of my Christian walk, and sometimes I still hear it from time to time, the expression, healing of the memories. And if I'm honest, when I used to hear that, I was slightly cynical, slightly dismissive about that. But I've totally changed my thinking, I have to say. And uh, receiving the Lord's love and forgiveness and extending forgiveness to others, in my experience, definitely helps to heal the memories so that they have no power over you. Perhaps for some here today, you need healing of some of the memories. Well, I've been reading the book of Revelation this week as part of my daily readings. And let me tell you something. Good triumphs. Evil does not win. There will be an end to sorrow. There will be an end to tears. Jesus is the victor. So hold on to the good and tell the Lord what you're really feeling deep down 
ask for his help, and where forgiveness needs to be extended, just keep extending it, even if the people don't deserve it, because there's someone watching over you. And if you've been wronged, he sees it all and understands because he himself has wronged many times. So, I'm going to make two simple points here this morning. The first one is this. Give God praise wholeheartedly. That's what the psalmist is encouraging us to do. And the second thing is remember what the Lord has done for you. So let's look at the first one. Give God praise wholeheartedly. In verse 1 of the psalm, David writes, Praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Well, what kind of things do people praise? Uh, Did you praise the food on Christmas Day, for example? Did anybody praise the food on Christmas Day? Can I just have a show of hands, just to make sure there's a... A few did. Okay. Well, I hope you did, especially if you weren't cooking it, that you praised the person who'd done all that hard work, even if you didn't particularly like it. But praise the food on Christmas Day. The other week I heard uh, a football match, and the the person's favorite team was 2-0 down. It didn't look very good. But in the 90... By the 90th minute, it was two all. And then in the 95th minute, would you believe, the team that was favored by that person scored the winning goal. The team was praised. Who came to our carol services over Christmas? A few did. Okay. Well, again, I thought they were great. So much work went into it. The videos were fantastic. I loved the children singing and our our little a cappella bands. It was just really, really good. Uh, Praised our carol services. I I don't know what kind of films you like watching. I like action films. Anybody here like action movies? A few. Good. Excellent. Well, I saw a fantastic action film uh, this year, and it was the latest Mission Impossible film with Tom Cruise. And one of the things I was really impressed with is whatever you absolutely... I think he's a good actor. He does his own stunts. And some of the stunts in that film, they're just absolutely incredible. If you like action films and you haven't seen it, well, I'll tell you what, I would certainly recommend it. We have a variety of words to give praise to something or someone. It's amazing, fantastic, wonderful, brilliant, superb, excellent, astounding, marvelous, and so on. Well, why do we praise something or someone? Well, because it has usually at least met or even exceeded our expectations, or we're very happy with our experience of something or someone. When we hear someone or something being praised, our ears tend to prick up a little. For example, if someone goes to a restaurant and they come back and say, that food was so good there, the service was wonderful. Makes you listen, makes you think, oh, maybe I could go there. Or we value recommendations a lot, don't we? Do you know a good plumber? How many times have you been asked, do you know a good plumber or a good electrician or do you know anybody who's good at uh, carpentry and that kind of thing? We value recommendations. When things are praised, our ears tend to prick up. As part of our BLESS series, and if you've missed our BLESS series, there's some leaflets at the back that you can avail yourself of or look on our church website. We did a BLESS series, and as part of that, we were encouraged to come up with some short statements. Here's one. What I like about Jesus is, fill in the blank. What I like about Jesus is. I've been thinking about that quite a lot. Thinking, well, what is it that if I could just home in on one thing what is it about Jesus that I like 
I don't know what you would say, but I would say what I like about Jesus is his humility. I love his humility. The one who put the stars and the planets in space and all those wonderful creatures that we see on planet Earth and all the mysteries of what's out there and macrocosmically and microcosmically that we don't understand. He made, and yet he comes born in a manger as we've been celebrating recently and just so humble. What I like about Jesus is humility. Jesus, David tells us here to praise the Lord. It's interesting in that phrase, praise the Lord, that the translators of the English Bible have written the Lord in capital letters. Why did they do that? They did that as God's name was deemed very sacred by the Jews. It was deemed so sacred that they wouldn't pronounce it. But we're encouraged to say the name of the Lord, aren't we? Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the great I am. So when we praise the Lord, that's who we're praising. We have a greater revelation than the psalm writer David of who the Lord is. We have a greater revelation than David of what the Lord has done. And yet with the understanding David has, he tells us to praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. David was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this psalm. So the Holy Spirit is telling us to praise the Lord wholeheartedly. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. So not to be half-hearted. Are you half-hearted? Are you holding back? Do you hold back? Let's not hold back. When we get the opportunity to praise the Lord, let's do it with all our heart. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Let's give the Lord the best we can. Why do we do it? We do it because he is utterly, absolutely, unreservedly worthy of praise. In the book of Revelation, there are four extraordinary living creatures who day and night do not cease to sing. Revelation 4, 8, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's incredible. They sing that line Day and night without ceasing. I wonder how many of us got slightly fatigued this morning when we sang, Yours is the kingdom, yours is the part, yours is the glory forever, amen. When we sang that six or seven times, do we think, oh, oh. they do not cease to sing day and night? How can they do that? I think it's because they see something of the sublimeness of Almighty God. You know, and I think I caught a slight glimpse of that in 1994-95 when we had, a, we had a refreshing time of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was working powerfully among us and strangely as well, one has to say. But I guess when you see the book of Revelation, there are many strange things going on there. Many strange appearances going on as well. So in a sense, it's not surprising that when heaven comes to earth, there may be things that we're not too sure that we fully understand. But anyway, in 94, 95, when the spirit came in that time of refreshing, some of us were touched with the joy of the Lord. And I happened to be one of those, I was just touched by the joy of the Lord. And uh, the book of Nehemiah tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I would uh, laugh. I would laugh at strange things and it was the joy of the Lord. And I had a sense of Jesus at one time. I remember lying on the floor here. It was rather lovely actually because the heating was working at the time. (laughs) And so lying on the floor was quite sublime in itself. Anyway, 
but the joy of the Lord came upon me. And I remember thinking that Jesus is the victor. And I would laugh, uproariously laugh, when I thought Jesus is the victor. And then I thought things like he slays the wicked with the breath of his mouth. He doesn't have to exert any much power at all. He just breathes and he slays the the evil one. And I was just laughing, thinking there's no contest between almighty God and the powers of darkness. And the more I thought about it, the more I was filled with the joy of the Lord, the more I laughed. Until I had to say to the Lord, stop. I cannot cope with any more joy. I'm so filled with joy. My stomach is aching. My belly is aching. I, my physical body cannot cope anymore with the joy of the Lord. You know, the living creatures sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, because they see something of the glory of God. Do you know what? You and I can see something as well of the glory of God. Where do we see it? We see it in the face of Jesus Christ. And who causes us to see it? It's the Holy Spirit. You and I, we need the Holy Spirit. You see, the danger is we can become people, godly people, yes. And godly people of routine, yes. And there's nothing wrong with both of those things. To be a godly person with great routines, praise God. But there's more to it than that. See, the danger of of, uh, that kind of approach, simply that, is this. We get what I would call calcified. We can get calcified in terms of our worship. We can get calcified in terms of our inner response to what Jesus has done for us and who he is. Now, when something gets calcified, it's like the tissue in the body gets hardened. I'm not a doctor, so you can correct me afterwards, but that's my understanding. And it's not very nice, and it restricts your ability to do things. It restricts the movement in your body. Yes, it's great to have godly routine. And I've been reading through the Bible this year, hence Revelation this week, because I'm getting right to the end of tomorrow is the last day of the reading. It's a kind of routine. But I want more than that. I want the fire of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to get calcified in my godly routines. Just become kind of some nice religious guy. No, no. I want to experience the living God. I want to draw near to him. I want all my inmost being to be able to praise him. I haven't got there yet. I'm working on it. And I want to be able to sing. I want to be able to praise him. And something happens as we praise God wholeheartedly. The Bible tells us that as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And something happens. And I want this to happen in me. And I need it to happen in me. And you need it to happen in you. You do. Let me tell you. We all need it, and it's this. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, who doesn't want that? If you're following the Lord, do you want to be transformed from one degree of glory to another, to become like him? Surely that's something that we all want. Surely that's the desire that the Holy Spirit has implanted within each one of us. So let's be those who praise the Lord wholeheartedly. Let's not hold back. Let's not get calcified in our godly routines. But let's allow the spirit to continually soften us and mold us. He is the potter. We are the clay. And clay needs water in order to become malleable. Clay needs water in order to change. The water of the, the living water of the Holy Spirit from your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. 
Jesus says. Are you experiencing that? Do you know the reality of the Holy Spirit touching you? Do you know something of the joy of the Lord where you feel like singing, where you feel like dancing, where you want to raise your hands to praise him wholeheartedly, not holding back? We need to sometimes become like little children, Jesus said. Become like a little child. I saw some of the kids this morning running around at the back just enjoying life. Not calcified at all. But enjoying just being who they are. And we are the children of God, beloved. We are now the children of God. Let's not get calcified in our Christian walk. Let's be those who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Lord. Let's draw near to him. Let's give him wholeheartedly. What thing? There are some things that can hamper our praising the Lord. Our vision of him is too small. That's another thing. It's too small. My vision of who God is is too small. Sometimes I think about Jesus' humility. What I like about Jesus is humility. And I think about his humility. And I'm still thinking about it. And I'm still amazed by it. And I still think he's not, he's not that uh, comes down in a disguise like Clark Kent. Who suddenly reveals who he really is. No, no. He comes as who he really is. And I just find that astounding and amazing. We can be hampered praising the Lord because our vision of him is too small. In another psalm, David says, when I consider your heavens. When I consider your heavens. He's got the right idea here. Why does he do that? When I consider your heavens. You know, in other words, he's thinking about something of the greatness of God. When I consider your heavens, the moon and the stars which you have made. The awesomeness of it all. Wow. Wow, you're so awesome, so magnificent, so wonderful, so sublime. We need a bigger picture of who the Lord is. And David does that. Other things can take his place that can hamper our praising the Lord, our work. All good things in themselves, work, family, money, pleasure. Not bad in themselves, of course. They're all fine in and of themselves, It's just keeping them in the right place that they don't take over. That our work doesn't take over and consume our life. That our money doesn't take up all our thinking and our energy and take care and beware of all kinds of greed, Jesus said. It's keeping them in the right place. Or maybe it's simply the circumstances of life. Maybe you've had a tough year and it's hard to praise the Lord. Because the circumstances of life have not been favorable for you. They can cloud our vision. Another thing can hamper our praising the Lord is we don't really understand properly what the Lord has done for us. And I'll say a little bit more about that in a minute. And we forget what the Lord has done. Jesus is aware of that. So he said, break bread, remember, remember. So these things can hamper our praising the Lord, but there are things that can help us to praise the Lord as well. And David does it here. What does he do first of all in the psalm? He does this. He talks to himself. If you think of David's life. Uh, let me ask you a question. Maybe you know something about David in the Bible. Maybe you don't. Did he have a smooth life? Well, here are some of the things that happened to him. David himself is wrongly accused by King Saul. King Saul said, You're, you, want, you want to kill me? The king of the day, Saul, tried to kill David. David had to flee into the desert. 
David suffered the loss of his closest friend, Jonathan. David's wife despised him. David himself committed adultery. David then had the the woman's husband killed. David's son, Absalom, then tried to have him killed. David's child died. Hardly a smooth journey through life. What about you as you look back through 2018 or beyond? I suspect that nobody here has had a perfectly smooth 2018. So David talks to himself. We need to do the same. It's so easy, and I know it firsthand. It's so easy to give in to apathy and lethargy, to let the discouragements of the past overwhelm us. But I want to ask you this question. Who is ultimately in control of what happens to you? We sing that lovely song, from life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. I love that song. I love singing that line because I find it so powerful and affirms the truth of what I really believe. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. Who commands yours? Who commanded your destiny in 2018? Who will command your destiny as we look into the next year? Jesus commands my destiny. So the second thing I want to say is remember what the Lord has done for you. David writes in verse 2, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And boy, do we have many, many benefits in our nation that we, I think, really need to be thankful for. We have clean water, we have a sewage system, we have uh, a good infrastructure, we have a health service, we have a great east custom. We are, this may surprise you, I'm not sure, we are one of the least corrupt nations in the world. Out of 180 nations, and this is done by Transparency International, out of 180 nations, one being the least corrupt, we come in number eight. So we've got many things to be thankful for. And I believe this as well, that our Christian heritage has helped us with that. No doubt about it. That our Christian heritage has imbued values into our society. Foolishly, we seem to be abandoning many of them. But we have a heritage. And I think that has really helped us and blessed us as a nation. We have many benefits in our society that we need to thank the Lord for. And not assume them. And not take them for granted. But this psalm is not simply for the well-heeled nations. This psalm is not simply for those nations which are perhaps less corrupt than others. You may, live, you may have lived in the most corrupt country in the world. But even there, the Lord is worthy to be praised. This psalm is for everyone. He's worthy to be praised. Why? Because he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. We remember what Jesus has done for us. Our sins are forgiven through the sacrifice of his life on the cross. Again, I love that song. We sing, all my guilt, all of my hidden shame died with him on the cross. Well, wow. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. All my sin, all my hidden shame died with you on the cross. You sacrificed your life for me that I might be set free. Thank you so much. When we realize what God has done, forgiven all. All your sins. Jesus has torn down the barrier between us and God. So we can walk into his presence. Boldly now I approach the eternal throne. And claim the crown. 
praise the Lord. It's because of what Jesus has done. You know, the veil in the temple torn from top to bottom that we could go into the innermost place. Why? Because of the sacrifice that Jesus has done. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. My sins are forgiven. My eternal destiny has been changed. I'm no longer headed for hell. I'm headed for heaven. Thank you so much. We have got many, many good things to praise the Lord for. Amen? Who is like you, Lord? You're truly the servant king. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Well, what does this mean? Interestingly enough, all the commentators that I read gloss over this verse. I thought, well, I can't gloss over it. I don't want to gloss over it. And heals all your diseases. Does this mean that we can expect to be healed of everything all the time when we ask? (laughs) No. It's clear from both the New Testament and the Old that the kingdom is both now and not yet. The same is true of healing. But it does mean this, that healing is from the Lord. And I've been thinking a bit about this. Whether it comes through medicine, medical treatment, through the human immune system, or supernaturally, whether it's physical healing, psychological healing, or spiritual healing, all healing comes from the Lord. That's the conclusion that I've come to. So, for example, I was out in Nepal recently, and while I was out there, I had a stinking cold for about three days. I was sneezing, sneezing, nose running like a tap, the usual thing, and, and just soldiering on through it. I don't have it now. Well, Ron, you just got better. Oh, did I? Well, your immune system kicked in. Oh, did it? Well, where did that come from? All healing, I think. It comes from the Lord. So thank you, Lord, for the healing that I've personally experienced, not just supernaturally, but just through the things that you do, through medicine, through the immune system, and so on. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. You see, I think another, and Neil touched on this the other week, I think another potential barrier to praising the Lord is that we compare ourselves to others. Those people sitting begging on the street, perhaps. I'm not so bad after all. Those people smoking wacky-backy, and I can smell it as I walk past. I'm maybe not so bad as those people. No, no, no. Your life has been redeemed from where? From the pit. You know, I think we all need to see that, to say that really. My life has been redeemed from the pit. Let's say that together. My life has been redeemed from the pit. Let's say it again. My life has been redeemed from the pit. Think about it for a moment. From the pit. You know, you can't get any lower than the pit. He brought my feet out of the miry clay and set them where? Upon a rock. Hallelujah, Lord. Boy, was my life in total sinking sands. My life was in a mess. And part of the problem was this, Lord. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know that I was in a mess. I didn't even know that I was your enemy. I didn't even know that I was alienated from you. I didn't even know that I was sinking in the pit. I didn't know it. But you came along, Lord Jesus. Through your compassion, through your love. And you rescued me from the pit. From the place of darkness. Even though I had no idea that I was in it. In fact, I thought I was on holiday. Having a great time. But actually, in reality, I was in the pit. And Jesus has given me new life. Not only that. Not only that has he lifted you out of the pit. Where has he put you? He's lifted you into heavenly places. Wow. 
Heavenly places. I'm not sure I fully understand what that means, but I like the sound of it. I'm in heavenly places because of Christ Jesus. So are you. So we praise the Lord. Let's not forget. We need to affirm the truth to ourselves. Your love and compassion are upon me. As I look back on my life, as I look back on 2018, I see blessings on my life and I know that I haven't earned them. I've seen the Lord provide all my needs. I've wanted for nothing in 2018. The Lord has provided all my needs. Thank you, Jesus. You have enabled me to personally experience the love of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When I look back on 2018, I've experienced the love of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Not just once, not just twice, many, many times. Thank you, Lord. Do I deserve it? No. Did I earn it? No. Is it your grace? Yes. You've helped me in my work. When I've been sitting puzzling, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? I'm not so sure, Lord. Please, will you help me here? And the Lord shows me. Thank you, Lord. You've helped me in my work. No doubt about that. You've encouraged me when I felt low. I've had low points in 2018. I've had low points, deep down, feeling sad. And yet the Lord has come along, and he's not allowed me to be in there for too long, and he's lifted me up. Thank you, Lord, as I look back on 2018. You've encouraged me. You've surrounded me, O Lord, with loving friends and family. Thank you, Jesus, for my friends. Thank you, Lord, for those who sometimes will tell me things I don't want to hear. Wow. But that's the kind of relationship I've got with them. It's so strong that they can do that. They can say things to me that maybe I don't really want to hear, but they're good for me. Thank you, Jesus. I've got friends like that. I thank you, Lord, for my family that surrounds me. Thank you, Lord. And I know many of you are blessed in that sense as well. You've enabled me to encourage others as well. Thank you, Lord, that I haven't been totally selfish. Thank you that you've enabled me sometimes to encourage other people. I want to thank you for that, Lord. It's your gift. Thank you as well. You're teaching me patience. When I look back on 2018, yes, I've been praying. I haven't always been seeing the answers that I want to see in the time frame that I would like to see them, which is now. I want it now, Lord. But you're teaching me patience. Help me in that. Thank you. You're helping me to trust you even when things don't go as I think they should. Things are, I want them to work out in a certain way, but they're not working out that way. And you're helping me to trust you in that. Thank you, Lord. As I look back on 2018, some of the things that I want to thank you for. What about you as you look back on 2018? What things are you thankful for? Verse 5, who satisfies your desires with good things. Now, this may seem a very silly example, but uh, I'm going to give it anyway. My mother was German, and when I grew up, my mother used to frequently cook something called Reibefannekuchen. Reibefannekuchen. If you're German, you know what Reibefannekuchen is, or if you've studied the language, perhaps. Well, if you're Scottish, you might have called them tatty pancakes. And if you're English, potato pancakes. But not perhaps as we might know. I happen to love them, but I don't have them very often. Very rarely. Very, very rarely. And uh, we went to a German market, Christmas market. And so I was on the lookout for Reibefannekuchen. And lo and behold, there was a stall that did Reibefannekuchen. Here's a picture. (laughs) And... uh, just And I happen to like them with ketchup. The traditional way in Germany is you have them with applesauce. I don't like them with applesauce. I prefer them with ketchup. So I was on the lookout for ketchup as well. And lo and behold, yes, you've got it. There was ketchup. Praise the Lord. 
The Lord satisfies your desires with good things. By the way, they were delicious. The point is, the Lord knows who you are. He understands who you are thoroughly. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. He is the one who gives you breath and birth and all those kind of things. And he understands you. The hairs of your head are numbered. He knows all your days. He knows everything about you. And he satisfies your desires with good things. That's my experience as I look back on my life. And he says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I love this. Your youth, this is particularly good for those who are getting slightly older. I think that applies to most of us here. I'm slightly older than many of you here. Uh, But... So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And the Apostle Paul writes 2 Corinthians 4.16. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. As we are inwardly renewed, it helps us to be a blessing to other people. To carry with us the light of Christ and the joy of the Lord. So as we praise the Lord, many things are going on. We're giving him the glory that's due to his name. And something is happening to us as well. God is touching us. He is beginning to transform us, to become more like him. And in doing that, we know that Jesus was the ultimate giver. And we've been doing this series about bless. B-L-E-S-S. Be praying for someone. Listen to them. Eat with them. Serve them in some way. Share your story. So as we praise the Lord, it's like a fringe benefit, if you like. It's so that we can be a blessing to other people. Do you remember back in the Old Testament, Abraham, the Lord said, I'll bless you, Abraham, and through you all nations will be blessed. And we're Abraham's children, so we're still in that same mode as Abraham. The Lord will bless us. Is life all going to be totally smooth? Well, of course not. It's ridiculous to think that. If you think that, then... Let me disabuse you of that notion. So is 2819 going to be perfectly smooth, all going to be hunky-dory? No. There are going to be trials. There are going to be difficulties. There are going to be setbacks. There are going to be disappointments. There are going to be a bit of sadness. There's going to be loss. But in the midst of all that, who is going to be with us? Jesus will be with you in everything. As I look back on my life, I see it's true. As I look back on 2018, I see God has been with me. Thank you so much, Lord. I don't want to hold back when it comes to praise you. I want to praise you with my whole heart, all my inmost being. I don't want to forget what you've done. I want to remember your goodness, your kindness to me, your sacrifice, how you lifted me out of the pit and set my feet upon a rock. So I think as the band come back, as Neil comes back, let's enter 2019 with a confidence that Jesus is going to be with you. And that he is worthy of all praise. Can I just encourage each one of us as well, in the gentlest way possible, please don't allow yourself to get spiritually calcified. Yeah? So sometimes, can I encourage you just to become like that little child? Yeah? And just give praise to the Lord for he is worthy. Amen?